now, The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for joining us. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you in part by Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Services Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from Inspectec. If you need an opinion from experts in insurance, mortgages, or building inspection, Denise, Carrie, and Carrie are great people to talk with. You can find their contact information on the CFAX 1070 website. Look under Shows. There you'll find us, The Whole Home Show, with me, Tony Joe. All the contact information is there, or you can always find me online or on social media. I'd be happy to connect you. My background as your host for the next hour is as a locally born and raised Victorian. I've been selling real estate here for 28 years. I've overseen thousands of transactions locally, so I've seen almost every situation you can imagine. If you need a seasoned professional for your real estate needs or a second opinion, you can always contact me. I'd be happy to help you. My business website is primeteam.ca, www.primeteam.ca. When you transfer a property title, either on a sale of a property or the purchase of one, you'll need someone to handle the transfer for you, a conveyancer. A question we often receive is, should I go to a lawyer or go to a notary? Today's guest is Beverly Carter, Notary Public. We'll also be having a discussion today on title insurance with Amanda McGee, Director of Business Development with Stewart Title. We'll start our show with our weekly listener question. If you have a question or curiosity about real estate, you'd like us to chat with, about it on air, call our hotline. The number is 250-414-6540. That's 250-414-6540. Or you can find us online, again, it's the CFAX 1070 website. Look under shows, there you'll find us with our contact information. Last week, we discussed your property assessment and how it will affect you. Following that, we received an email from Marlene, who wasn't able to listen to the entire episode, so she sent this in. My house assessment in Victoria is 20% higher. For Victoria, the increase in assessment average is 8%. There has been no change in my house or property. Suppose there was no change in Victoria tax rate, no general increase this year, uh, not likely, I know, she says. I would then be paying more than my share. Can you give me a rough percentage on how much more I could expect to pay in taxes? The math is too hard for me. I need to know if it is worth the stress to appeal. Thank you for your message, Marlene. And actually, we received a number of similar questions from our clients uh, over the course of the past uh, couple of weeks here because it is, it's been big news. Uh, everyone's assessment has gone up quite a bit. We have many clients whose assessments have gone up over $100,000. Uh, and we're not talking about, by the way, multi-million dollar houses. We're talking um, seven, eight, nine hundred thousand $900,000 homes. So the biggest concern is, are you going to be paying more taxes? So last week, as I mentioned, uh, for those of you who listened to our episode, we had uh, Amanda Mills, uh, an appraiser. We also had uh, Denise Webster, our mortgage broker, talking about valuation in terms of getting refinances or, or purchasing homes. And of course, we had Peter Morris. Peter is the author of How to Successfully Appeal Your BC Property Assessment. One of the things that Peter did talk about on the episode was the fact that just because your assessment went up is not necessarily an indicator that your taxes will go up because, uh, again, the assessment is a calculation that municipalities use. They add up everyone's 
property assessment and an aggregate amount of the entire assessment role in the municipality. And that's how they figure out comparing to the upcoming budget, so the budget the municipality needs to run itself, you know, for infrastructure, for for services. And they use your uh, assessment to determine a uh, mill rate, so a calculation that is used to determine how much uh, taxes you'll be paying relative to the rest of the municipality. So, you know, in the news, it's been out there that uh, Victoria, uh, the city of Victoria in particular, uh, was up about 8%. Now, we've got to think of something here. Uh, when you look at the news, and I had a look at the Times Colonist articles just before I walked in the room here, they're using uh, a lot of uh, averages. So when they say 8%, it's it's up 8% based on an average house. So the average price was, uh, whatever it was, $752,000. It's up 8%. Um, that is not representative of the entire municipality. Uh, we've got to think of a few things. There's more inventory. There's more newer stock. Uh, there's a lot more properties that um, uh, entered the marketplace that were new construction uh, in the year. That has an effect uh, on values. Um, but listen, that being said, Marlene, you are wondering if it is worth the stress to go through the appeal process. And this is something that Peter did say. Uh, do it. You should. Uh, his feelings and beliefs, he mentioned it on the show. Uh, it was also quoted in the Times Colonist as saying he, he feels that, um, generally speaking, peop- a vast majority, a good amount of people's assessments are higher than they need to be. But the key is you need to have a strong argument. So uh, the assessment authority leaves it to you. It is up to the homeowner to do your research, to do the comparisons, uh, to pull up uh, on the website, which is still available, uh, other comparable properties in the surrounding neighborhood. This is the reason why they let you check in on your neighbors. You know, the reason why that website is there is not that you can uh, be nosy and check out what your assessments of your neighbors are, although people do do that. You know, we, we have people admit to doing that. They want to know what the neighbor across the street, uh, what the value of their house is. Um, but it is there so that you can have a look uh, and make sure that the figure that they uh, are assessing you is fair. It's all about fairness. Because the other thing, too, is an assessor didn't come in your house. Who here, uh, ladies in the room here, have you had an assessor come in your home uh, over the course of the past few years? Uh, yes, I have. You yes. have, barely. Mm-hmm. Okay, we're going to mm-hmm. talk about that then, because mm-hmm. that's a rare um, uh, indicator. Uh, you know, most of the time, uh, assessors don't come in the house. Correct. It's yes. just a calculation that the assessment authority uses based on maybe what you paid for the house, uh, uh, increases or decreases in the marketplace. Um, but without an assessor coming in, I mean, it makes you wonder about that figure, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. So anyways, uh, again, Marlene, I'm guessing that you have not had an assessor come through your house as well, too. But, uh, but again, uh, Peter Morris's advice. And by the way, go online and check him out. Get his book. It's a 64-page book. Uh, it actually walks you through the process of what you need to do to appeal uh, your property tax assessment. Some other people wonder, too, should I bother go through, going through this hassle because um, I'm thinking of selling my home or, or whatever? Maybe you should, because again, the assessment authority has this uh, avenue uh, expressly for you. It enables you um, to do what they want you to do, which is to double check and make sure that you feel that what you've been assessed on your home is fair. Thank you for your question, Marlene. And for anyone else who's listening, feel free to call in 250-414-6540, 250-414-6540. Uh, or you can find our contact information again on the CFAX 1070 
website. We've had so many great guests on our show. We're always looking for more. If you have a business or product that is home or real estate related and you'd like to be on this program, let me know. Be happy to chat. We also have, we're very excited about this, uh, an upcoming event. It's our home buyer event with the CFAX Whole Home Show Professionals. It's going to be happening at the Union Club on Saturday, uh, March the 9th. Saturday, March the 9th from 11 o'clock to 1 o'clock. You'll be up close and personal with myself and the sponsors from the Whole Home Show, mortgage broker Denise Webster, home insurance manager Carrie Augustini, and building inspector Carrie Smith. Also present will be the lawyers from the Sitka Law Group. Uh, At the event, you'll learn tips on buying, selling, owning, and insuring your home. There's a limited uh, number of seats available. Tickets are only $25, which includes a light lunch. Go to the CFAX 1070 website. Find us under shows. Uh, There is a link there where you can register. Uh, And by the way, we are giving away a pair of tickets every week until the event. So if you are the first person to email me, you're going to have to email uh, in this case here. Uh, Be the first person and be the winner for the week. You'll receive two tickets the value is $50, but of course the event itself is worth a lot more. My email address, Tony at primeteam.ca. That's Tony at primeteam.ca. And I'll let you know if you're the lucky winner for the week. Otherwise, for everyone else, feel free to register again online, cfax1070.com under the whole home show with me, Tony Joe. We're having a conversation today uh, with notary Beverly Carter and also going to learn more about title insurance, what it's all about, why you need it, and how it works. We're going to take a break. We'll be back in just a moment. You're listening to The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Hi there. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We have in our studio uh, with us right now Beverly Carter. Beverly is a notary public in Victoria, British Columbia. She's a member of the Society of Notaries of British Columbia. Uh, she was born and raised in the Okanagan Valley, uh, completed her Bachelor's of Arts in Education at York University, and her Master of Legal Studies at Simon Fraser University. Uh, Beth, thanks for coming. Well, thanks for having me on. I'd like to say um, I just love the whole home show with Tony <laughs> Joe. I listen to it weekly. Thanks, it ben. works well into my Saturday schedule. And um, as a notary public, I'm always interested in what's going on with the home, whether you're having the mortgage professionals on or other insurance people, because they're giving current and uh, excellent information that even I take away some really good uh, information for oh, use I in my practice. Here. Thank mm-hmm. you, Beverly. Well, we're thrilled today to have you uh, as our guest because, you know, one of the questions, as I mentioned before, that that people often have is um, lawyer or notary. So, first of all, tell us what a notary public is. Well, uh, notaries uh, notaries in B.C. are unique legal professionals. Um, We are uh, governed by the Notaries Act, whereas lawyers are governed under a different act. Um, we're, we're all commissioned in the BC Supreme Court, and after obtaining our master's degree, uh, we go through a very rigorous uh, training process, uh, which includes both academic and practical. Um, and where we are uh, unique is that we're very specifically trained in the areas of real estate uh, law and conveyancing, as well as wills, powers of attorneys, and health agreements. Mm-hmm. And so we have a very strong uh, focus and training in these areas of law. And so uh, that's a 
big difference. Uh, yeah, because is, you don't get into litigation, you don't get into um, those things, right? Correct. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I'll often say just for just for fun yeah. that uh, notaries are lovers, not fighters, and I okay. and I say this for fun because yeah. uh, we do nothing contentious, right? Okay. And it was in becoming a notary, uh, people used to always ask me whether, you know, why I didn't become a lawyer and became a notary. Um, and it was one of the reasons was is that I like the non-contentious work. I love what I do. Mm-hmm. Um, being a notary is very rewarding mm-hmm. in that we have, um, you know, we really focus. It's not about the documents that we do. We focus on the people that we that we service. And so we tend to take a very uh, grassroots approach to our our practices. And we deal with people as people. And we're, you know, my tagline, I think, incorporates the fact that we're there for pivotal moments for people, you know, buying a new home because maybe they've got a baby or they're just buying a new home or they're selling because they're aging out. Um, Wills, all of those things. And so my tagline is I'm there for life's notable moments. Okay. So is it, I remember there was a time where there was only a certain number of notary licenses uh, within the town or something, right? Has that changed or is that still... yeah, it, it did change, actually. Okay. It changed with the law about eight or so years ago. Yeah. Um, and it was one of the uh, parts of becoming a notary that became appealing to me because before you used to have a unique geographic seal. Yeah. So kind of like a license uh, to practice or have a sales territory, if you like. But they only allowed, I can't remember, it was like 12 or 18 in right. Victoria or something Yeah, like that, and right? there was only so many allowed in certain communities. So if I was living in Victoria and I wanted to have a practice here, but there was no seals available... Uh, I would either have to buy one if there was one available or wait for somebody to sell a practice or, you know, or or age out, whatever that looked like. Um, As well, we can uh, we can do real estate now all across uh, British Columbia. So I regularly get deals um, from the lower mainland, from the Okanagan, um, Dawson Creek, you name it, Prince George. So it's because people are, are, are working in all different kinds of places. And so the fact that they... They may live here, or and they have their time off here, but they may be working in Kitimat, let's say. Yeah. They do the work when they're here because they don't have time when they're working. And well, and of course, the best thing about uh, technology today with the uh, uh, title registry and all, everything's online, right? Yes, so, yeah. yeah. Yeah, everything. Yeah, yeah. It's an excellent registry system that we have here. So, uh, one of the other uh, differences uh, that that we see is that uh, notaries do seventy percent of all the real estate transactions in British Columbia, okay. and that's significant. So, and it speaks to the fact that we're highly, um, highly focused in these areas of law, yeah. and um, uh, you know most of these transactions. You know, notaries started out in rural, you know, from the, in the roots of the rural BC. They were helping to do uh, business and transactions that lawyers typically didn't do because there just wasn't enough other business in those areas. Right. And because of our unique geographic structure with all the mountains in, in uh, British Columbia, notaries have survived and have often a very strong presence in a lot of small towns throughout British Columbia. Yeah. And, um, you know, they have a very important place. In some in some places, they're the only legal person in town. Yeah. So you need something signed, notarized, called mm-hmm. a notary. Yep, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, so another question that comes up often is, what? because, ha- you know, most... Or, or to the listeners, I should say, most real estate transactions are, are you know, pretty simple. Like, there's not a lot of complication. Um, documents are done. The sale happens. Everything's fine. But there's the occasional situation where there's a problem. 
and a problem exists. Yeah. So yeah. so how does being a notary versus being a lawyer um, uh, mean anything different in that regard to problem files? Um, it, the short answer is is no. Actually, we do the work, we do the conveyance work, and if there was. Um, you know, some issue that came up, neither a notary or a lawyer would be able to deal with that. Mm -hmm. um, yes, the majority go well. I've never had a deal fail. Um, and I think I, I'm certain that the incidence of real estate issues in purchasing advance where somebody gets sued is very rare. Mm -hmm. um, there are challenges, of course, um, you know, and often they come up at the last minute. Um, you know, there are less of them now because we've just come out of some pretty uh, chaotic years, I'm going to say, where we had everybody buying with very short turnaround times to do Yes, the, no mortgage appraisals, no, like all of this crazy, t uh, right. multiple offers. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You know, we'd get calls Monday morning for closing on Friday. Yeah. And that puts a whole lot of pressure because we have to, uh, we have to go out to a lot of other uh professional people, insurance companies, title insurance, we have to go out and, and get a lot of information and assemble it in order for people to sign at that point. Yeah. And, um, you know, stuff just comes up and often you can't predict it. Um, you know, we would have, you know, clients being out of town signing or called away for work, um, mortgage, in some cases, things like funds didn't come through. But, you know, we always look to find the solution. Um, how can we manage this to make sure we don't have or we mitigate any issues that we may have mm -hmm. and to make for a more seamless process? And, you know, we have a very high contact with our clients. That's one of the distinctions that notaries have is that we spend a lot of time in the process itself. Um, meeting with our clients, contacting them as soon as we, you know, we're aware that they're our client because we want to make sure that we have, m we minimize any potential challenges. And even if it's just a time crunch, you know, we'll set up their appointment because why wait until two days before it closes to figure out if you've got time to come <laughs> to get off work to come in and sign, right? Yeah. We want to make it as seamless as possible yeah. for them. And mostly that really works well. But like I say, you know, right now the the uh, uh, you know everything looks fine, but something can happen. Um, you know, we we've, we've had people over the years that I'll never forget. I had a lady probably about twenty years ago, and she said, "You know what? I'm going to do it myself. Mm. I'm not. You know, I want to save the money on the lawyer, the notary, and I'm going to do it yeah. myself." And you know, that has only come up I think that one time for me, and it's just it's amazing. Uh, people need to understand the complication. Yeah. of the process because it's yeah. not something that you can go on YouTube and uh, or you know figure out online how to do your real estate conveyance right um, and in fact I don't think people can actually do their own real estate conveyances anymore because yeah. we're talking about anywhere from two hundred thousand to two million dollars in place and this is big money and we have you know government policies in and around yeah. the exchange of monies you know yeah. there's a whole level of uh, kind of authentication built into the process as there should be as there should be right yeah. and you you have that also as a realtor as well yeah. well listen um, we're, we're here with uh, beverly carter uh, talking about uh being a notary and how a notary can serve you here on, in your real estate transaction uh beverly we're just gonna we have to take a quick little break here but when we come back we're gonna pick up this conversation you bet yeah back in just a moment now the whole home show with tony joe on cfax 1070 
Thanks for coming back. You're listening to The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. Our show is brought to you every week in part by our sponsors, Denise Webster, mortgage broker with Dominion Lending Center's Modern Mortgage Group, Carrie Augustini, insurance insurance manager for Island Savings, and Carrie Smith, home inspector from, from Inspectech. We were talking today with Notary Public, Beverly Carter, all about the real estate process. Uh, we were just chatting before the break about uh, people who at one point had hoped to be able to do the real estate process without having to pay a notary uh, or a lawyer. And uh, both you and I were saying there's a lot of processes and complications in, in, in the whole um in the, the whole thing, yeah. Yeah, yeah. The real estate uh, fee structure is complicated. Uh, we have disbursements and taxes. Um, so, oh, so, uh, you're, so you're talking about the costs? Of, so the yeah. overall cost. Well, we're dealing with, you know, so let's look at it this way. Mm-hmm. Real estate is a massive investment. And yes. for most people. Not just in the cost of the house. Not just in the cost of the house, right? Yeah. You're signing a contract that's usually the biggest, if you're purchasing or selling, it's usually the biggest contract that you're ever going to sign. Yeah. Or among them. And the same thing with a mortgage. Uh, you know, it's it can be a $300,000 valued contract. And so, um, you know, when we're looking at all the costs associated that, you know, it, it goes back to having the, the contact that we do with the clients because we try to, it's, you know, when we're providing a um, service for the real estate transaction, it's not just a simple transaction. There's no simple transaction. There are issues that can come up. Um, you know, where there are unique features to um, where you are in the province, where you are in the greater Victoria area, or if you're a rural or CRD, whatever, all of those things sort of factor in. Um, and so, you know, who your lender is matters in terms of what we Because you've got to get the payout or you've yeah. got to, you know, get all those things. Yeah. 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 So, you there's know. There's a lot of coordination in what you do. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's absolutely a lot of touch points, a lot of coordination, and it all has to come together at the very end to be a very seamless pr- seamless process. Now, we're also looking to make sure that we flag anything. Um, you know, one of the important things that I wanted to bring up was that because we're going to be talking about title insurance but is in fact the importance of using a realtor Mm -hmm. on the front end and somebody who really knows their uh, who really knows their craft because that's the point where you need to do your due diligence and it makes our job easier and it makes you know the the rates that we pay overall for things like title insurance come down if we know what we're getting into so if you waive things like your property inspection that might you know have identified some deficiencies let's say uh but you've waived that and you don't know you know it you know it's one of the reasons why you should have things like title insurance right because you don't know the history of the house always Mm -hmm. you know if it's 30 years old you don't know what sorts of work has been done on it sometimes nobody knows sometimes nobody knows yeah Yeah, true it's changed hands a few times right you bet right you know um and they're not always obvious until you go to do something else down the road. Mm. You know, you want to put an addition on it, and then you find out you've got a real roadblock, a hard roadblock. Yeah, we'll cover that, I guess, with the with right. a, a title. Yeah. Cover. So, yeah. you know, Beverly, one of the things that people often, they uh, and, and maybe you can help dispel a, a myth here, because people sometimes think, well, I'm going to go to a notary instead of a lawyer because it's cheaper. Um, I'm going to say I'm not going to comment on other people's fees, but okay. I do know that if, if if you are calling around 
and you are given a quote, um, it, it doesn't necessarily mean that that's what you're going to end up paying in the end. Yeah. Uh, you know, you might be quoted uh, $1,500 and you end up paying $1,700 or $1,450. Every, there's, there's unique fees. You know, courier costs can vary from It's hard to, to know file. over the telephone, yeah. you know, the complication yeah. of the person's file, right? Yeah. yeah, and very commonly in more recent times with all the stress tests, what I'm seeing is a lot on mortgages. Uh, a lot of lenders are adding in extras like, oh, and you have to pay out this credit card yeah. for, um, uh, you know, for Canadian Tire and pay out that car loan. And in some cases that can create, well, it creates extra work. Yeah. Um, but those are the things that we just don't know on the front end. And, and often those little things actually are, can be very time consuming for us. Well, one of the things mm -hmm. that I want to say um, for, you know, uh, for you guys and the conveyance of real estate, um, the, 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 cost that people pay for the transfer of a property yeah. is really is really minimal in the grand scheme of things right. you know on uh, talking about the scale of, of of a transaction we're talking about here right you know um for the important role that you guys have the cost is really not a lot right yeah you don't i mean you know we do this full-time we focus on this real estate uh conveyance work Full time, and we we understand the ins and outs of the industry, yeah. and so that's you know that's really one of the reasons you want to use a notary is because we do seventy percent of all the transactions, um, because we know our craft. Well, if people need to reach you, uh, Beverly, how can they do that? Uh, they can reach me at uh, my office at two five zero three eight three four one zero zero, or a personal email to Beverly Carter at carternotary.com. Thank well, I know oh, I will. I will give you a shout out as well because we've had many clients that have uh, used you for conveyance, and uh, they've been very happy. And it's one of the reasons why I'm happy to have you as our guest today, too. Thank you. I'm I'm very happy to be here. Thanks, Thanks. for coming, Beverly. We're going to switch gears a little bit now and have a conversation about title insurance. And uh, with us right now in the studio, we have Alice. Uh, sorry, Amanda McGee. Amanda joined Stewart Title in 2004 and has worked in title insurance for 15 years, having been responsible for both the operational and marketing portfolios for Western Canada. She was promoted to her current position within the Canadian operation in 2010. Um, Amanda, thanks for coming. Thanks for having me, Tony. Yes, so Stuart Title. Tell, many of the listeners will have no idea what title insurance is. Mm -hmm. So let's begin with that. Well, we're a title insurance company that's been in operations in Canada for the last 30 years. And often uh, we consider ourselves somewhat of a business-to-business -business insurer. Um, we are behind the scenes quite frequently, serving as a second set of eyes for lenders and notary publics throughout the conveyancing process on real estate transactions uh, in BC and throughout Canada. Okay. Um, and title insurance, when is it required? I mean, is it yeah. is, is it something that everyone needs or are there circumstances? Well, we like to think so. Often a uh, home buyer's first encounter with title insurance will be when they're buying a home or a property in conjunction with applying for a mortgage. The lender will often request title insurance for themselves as a condition of granting the mortgage loan. And when this happens, the notary that's acting for the home buyer generally will have a discussion with their client um, as to whether it would be a good idea to purchase title insurance for themselves. Um, in some cases, it may even be standard practice for the firm um, to obtain a policy to cover the home buyer at that time as well. Mm -hmm. um, an informed realtor or a broker may also discuss this ahead of time with their customers, particularly if there's known issues with the property. Yeah. Known issues, 
Yeah, and, and that would be things like um, uh, encroachments. Yeah, uh, exactly. Like uh, it's most common for a notary like Beverly to purchase title insurance on behalf of both the lender and a homeowner, usually both policies at the same time during the closing process. Um, a notary might make this recommendation for several reasons, including speeding up the closing process, insuring over a known issue, like you mentioned, uh, with the property that's discovered prior to closing, or it could be to save on costs or protect the homeowner against issues that they couldn't normally provide an opinion for, like post-policy fraud or municipal compliance. Interesting. So, Amanda, why title insurance uh, versus a site survey? So, for instance, you know, we just talked about uh, having uh, a encroachment on a house, for instance. People often have a uh, site survey diagram of the house as it sits on the lot mm-hmm. with all of those things. Um, yeah. Traditionally, uh, a lender who is planning to advance a mortgage loan to a home buyer, they would require an up-to-date survey of the yeah. land. Uh, they wanted this to ensure that the dwelling and the structures that are situated within the boundary lines are, are properly situated. Um, historically, that cost would have been at the purchaser's expense, and it can be a little bit time-consuming. A more modern approach is to use title insurance as a cost-effective alternative to having to pay for a new survey in order to mitigate some of those risks for the lender and some of the risks for the homeowner as well, such as encroachments or perhaps access. There are still many reasons why a home buyer would want to obtain a new survey, um, especially if they had future plans for to expand redevelopment, yeah. renovation, exactly. And title insurance is just one of the tools that a notary would have at their disposal when closing a transaction. Yeah. We're here talking with Amanda McGee. She is the uh, she is with Stuart Title. We're talking about title insurance. Uh, we're going to take a quick break, and when we come back, we'll pick up on our conversation. Back in just a moment. This is The Whole Home Show with Tony Joe on CFAX 1070. Thanks for coming back. This is The Whole Home Show, and I'm Tony Joe. We have with us Amanda McGee, Director of Business Development with Stuart Title. We're talking about title insurance, and we were just talking about uh, getting a, a policy versus uh, a site survey. Um, wh- what types of properties does title insurance provide coverage for, Amanda? We can provide coverage for pretty much any type of land that is registered in our provincial land title system or in First Nations registries. So single-family homes, strata condos, apartments, cottages, farms, pretty much anything you can think of. Um, And we also provide uh, policies for a myriad of commercial properties and industrial lands. Okay. Uh, And what does title insurance, what does a title insurance policy cover? Mm -hmm. So an owner's title insurance policy uh, for a single family home or condo has a lot of covered title risks. Um, While the main coverage is pretty standard, an owner should always refer to their actual policy for their full particulars. In BC, the primary reason for wanting to obtain the peace of mind of a policy provided Um, or a peace of mind provided by the policy would be for survey-related matters, as we were talking about earlier. Mm -hmm. Um, But also for matters that are not typically searched by a notary or lawyer, such as open permits or work orders that were created by the prior owner Mm -hmm. and that exist but maybe aren't known to the purchaser or their realtor at the time of closing. Standard policies also include coverage for certain types of fraud. When we talk about survey coverage, we're talking about losses that are created when a governmental authority like the city or the municipality um, or even an affected neighbor, for example, uh, are forcing the removal of encroachments onto their lands or adjoining lands, um, as well as violations of things like zoning bylaws. Mm -hmm. 
some limits uh, do apply to the policies. So again, you know, it's really prudent for homeowners to always consult their policies when they're when they're looking for coverage. Um, we also protect against a, a lot of different types of liens. So these would be liens that affect the title to the lands due to the prior owner's financial obligations. Oh, interesting. Yeah, examples of this might be things like homeowner association fees, uh, strata fee arrears, utility arrears like water and hydro, uh-huh. as well as unpaid property taxes. All of those types of um, fees have the ability to form liens against the title. Okay. So. In a nutshell, title insurance is really seeking to protect new owners from past or historical matters that have the ability to adversely affect the title to their lands. And many of the covered risks within the policy look to cover those types of matters. So can we just cover that lien thing for half a second here? So we're talking about during a a conveyance, if there are are existing liens on the property? Yeah, so... Part of Beverly's job, and maybe you could speak to that, Beverly, is to clear a lot of those financial yeah. charges from the title. Because mm-hmm. the next owner doesn't want to To protect the new that. owner, yeah. exactly. Right, yeah. So in some cases, uh, I'm going to give an example of, of uh, two different files where something came up where there had been a, a work order um, on a property. And one of them was up island, and it was about 15 years ago, and the property had changed a couple of times in that case, the title insurance didn't have any issues with that <laughs> being registered as a legal notation on the file. But then last year, I had a client who was looking to refinance and had done some work uh, without any permits, and was uh, there was a stop work order. And we were able to get the title insurance policy in place, but with some exclusions. Mm-hmm. And in the end, that wasn't acceptable to the lender. So what it... and and this mattered because they weren't actually able to go to a different lender with a better rate. They had to stay, stay. with the existing, yeah. uh, with the existing lender at a higher rate, um, and just you know roll over into the next five-year term with that uh, lender. So it, you know it's really important what what we see on the property and when it gets done as to wh- how much or what title insurance will cover towards mm-hmm. that. But generally, our job is to make sure those things get removed mm-hmm. as part of the process. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's one of the very first things we do is look at the title of a property, and we're looking for these you know, these issues. Yeah. As would a realtor, right? A good realtor does the same thing, right? So, Absolutely. Yeah. Well, Amanda brought up a, a, actually something really important, and that is when a file hits your desk, Beverly, yeah. um, it is not necessarily the lawyer or the notary's job to actually do research on things like permits and, and Correct. all that. Uh, I mean, realtors, that is one of the things that we should be doing in advance. I agree. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I agree. I think it should be an absolute for any older... I mean, if you're buying a brand new Strata, that's one thing, but... Yeah. If you're looking at a property that hasn't changed hands for 20 years, you absolutely want to be looking at the municipal uh, records for any other, you know, anything that's that's applied to that property that may not actually show up when you do a, a search of the title, yeah. but it will be in their offices as a note on the file applied to that property. Absolutely. So, mm. you know, nobody likes surprises at the last No, point. no, no. Yeah, we had some homeowners that purchased a house last year, and maybe an example of the permit for, for the listeners out there was that after they took possession of the property, they received a notice of an order from the municipality to remove 
three large additions to the house that had been oh added my. by the prior owner without the required Holy permit. Cow. So, right. yeah. you know, they thought they were buying this big house with, with all this great space. Yeah. And in the end, it turned out that three of the additions uh, had been put in without the permit. So the order was requiring that our insureds either remove the additions or obtain permits for the construction. So um, unfortunately, to comply with the order, two of... Um, Two of the additions required major structural work, and the third one um, was in violation of a bylaw. And so your so, basic nightmare. Yeah. yeah. Basic. yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, right. yeah, pretty common for us, but certainly a nightmare for a homeowner that had just just moved in. Yeah. Um, so how we were able to resolve the claim in that situation is we paid around $110,000. Uh, we had the permits obtained for the two additions. Um, and the cr- construction costs to allow them to exist. And we also had to obtain a minor variance in the zoning bylaw that allowed the third edition to remain in place. So mm-hmm. those are the types of situations that fall across our desk. Um, another common aspect of coverage speaks to um, access for homeowners. Title insurance policies ensure mm-hmm. actual access to the land as well as legal access to the land. And um, I found a good example of this in our files. We had some homeowners that accessed their residential property via driveway that they thought was theirs. Um, They'd been living there for quite some time. And when the adjacent property next door to them was sold, the new owners had their property surveyed. Mm -hmm. And at that time, the survey disclosed that the homeowner's driveway actually encroached onto the neighbors, Uh the new neighbor's property. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And the new neighbors um, weren't happy about this, and they refused to allow our clients to continue to have access to the driveway. Because it was rightfully theirs. Exactly. Yeah. Um, And who knows what their plans are, right? Uh, So our insureds initiated a claim with us, and they obtained their own survey, which confirmed that the driveway wasn't on their property. It was also discovered at that time that their property abutted, um, it's a little bit hard to explain, but two roadways. And those roadways were an issue because one of them was sort of an underdeveloped 80-foot-long rock bluff, which is sort of common here on the island. And the other roadway was on a substantially different elevation. It was on a hill. And so although they had legal access to their property, they didn't have actual access to their property. And so in that instance, we were able to reimburse them for the costs associated with having one of the roadways developed. It was around $10,000 uh-huh. so that they had uh, actual access to their property. Wow. Mm-hmm. It, and, and I mean, this is all very helpful because in the two cases that you just explained, I mean, what were the other options? I mean, in the case of the people buying uh, uh, the house that had the unpermitted extensions, I mean, we're talking yeah. about costly court um, uh, Yeah. Process, when it comes right? to municipal enforcement, especially with respect to work orders and, and permit issues, really the, the homeowner is the first person to suffer those losses. Yeah. Um, move the swimming pool, move the garage, move the barn, move the driveway. Um, those costs uh, can be in the thousands for sure. How about some other examples? Well, I mean, I think it's important to know for title insurance, it's like all types of insurance in that before a claim can be made, the insured really must have an actual loss related to a risk that's covered within the policy. Mm -hmm. And, you know, there's always going to be exceptions and exclusions, as as Beverly can attest, that are going to be deal specific. Uh, Mm -hmm. She talked about um, occasionally there being exclusions within the policy. And it's important to understand that Title insurance is not a home warranty product, so we're not insuring the, the fitness of the dwelling that you're buying. Right. Um, we're not guaranteeing that the house is well built or that you can sell it for a certain um, value in the future. 
I have an example that I brought um, that spoke to a client of ours. They had a barn, and um, when they went to go sell their property, the clients that were purchasing the property had an up-to-date survey conducted, and they realized that the barn wasn't located on their property. Again, another encroachment type matter. So the the notary that was acting for the purchaser required the rectification of this issue in order to proceed as as they should with closings. So the existing owner was able to make a claim with us and um, we paid approximately $25,000 to remedy the issue and and to provide the purchaser with uh, peace of mind. Um, And the transaction was able to proceed as planned. Wow. So can we talk about timing, uh, both Beverly and Amanda? Like when, mm-hmm. can, when can people get their, uh, their Stuart title insurance policy? Well, uh, when as part of the conveyance process, and uh, particularly if we have a mortgage, we are always getting a title insurance policy. Mm-hmm. Regardless, the lender requires that. It's one of the requirements um, for mortgage funds to be advanced. But there's a separate component that allows for a homeowner's uh, policy to be purchased at that time. Um, over and above the lender's policy, it's really not that much more. I mean, it might be 50 to $70 with the whole total cost, say, for a house that's under a million dollars. The total title insurance cost might be uh, about $200. Um, you know, a condo might be about 175 total. Mm-hmm. So I find it's really quite a reasonable wow. uh, fee that's being charged um, for these policies. For peace of mind. For yeah, absolutely. For peace of mind, um, I have a homeowner policy on my own house because I don't know the history. <laughs> the price, and, of the, yeah, sorry, the price of the policy yep. speaks to the level of risk. Yeah. I mean, we have a very strong land title system in British Columbia. Title mm-hmm. insurance costs a lot more in other places in the world. Um, we have a very strong legal community that's highly trained um, in conveyancing, and so our instances um, of, of fraud and of these types of claims are 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 tied to the, the cost of the policy. So, right. you know, um, one thing I think that's a little bit different with title insurance compared to other types of insurance is that it's only purchased at the time. Um, once that you're acquiring ownership to your property or once uh, generally after you've acquired ownership to your policy. It's not renewed annually like fire insurance. Yeah, it's a one-time purchase, Mm -hmm. not like fire or auto where you're you're buying it every year. And and the policy stays in effect for as long as the homeowners own their land. Um, The policies typically have inflation clauses in them that speak to increases in value beyond the initial purchase price. Um, and in BC, the premiums are calculated on the value of the land at the time of the purchase. So much mm-hmm. great information. So right. uh, thank you, Amanda McGee, a Director of Business Development with Stuart Title. So uh, I would normally ask where people can contact you, but I think you direct them to Beverly, right? I would direct them to Beverly and yeah. also to our website. We have a wealth of information for homeowners and consumers on our website about title insurance. Uh, we are at stuart.ca, S-T-E-W-A-R-T. Great. And Bev, again, people need to reach you. Uh Phone number 250-383-4100. Great. Well, thank you both for coming today. And a reminder to our listeners about our home buyer event, March 9th at the Union Club. Go to the CFAX website, look under our show, The Whole Home Show, and you can register there. Uh, thank you very much for listening. We'll be here for you this time next week.